This is the Mobile Tech Podcast, brought to you by worldpodcasts.com. Now here's your host, tech girl, Miriam Joie. Brought to you by Audible. Stay tuned for a special offer at the end of the show. Hi, and welcome to the Mobile Tech Podcast. I'm your host, Miriam Joie, and today is Thursday, March 11th, 2021. And I'm super excited and honored to have Crystal Laura on the show today, YouTube creator extraordinaire. Hi, Crystal. How are you? What a lovely, lovely welcome. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) So glad to be on. I'm so glad you're here. Let's jump right in. We have a whole bunch of stuff today. And I saw your iPhone 13 video like the rumors video you just did. And I'm really stoked, especially about the purple color. (laughs) (laughs) The purple stands out. (laughs) Yeah. So give us the gist of it. Like I haven't really been following the rumors that much. And you have, what can we expect? And let's definitely talk about the purple. Yeah, no, I got a little excited. Honestly, I'm more so like you most of the time. I like to just stay back a little bit and not get too hyped up about the rumors because, you know, at the end of the day, rumors are rumors. A lot of like, you know, speculation. I I feel like this has been a long time coming, but we've heard the port list for so long now. And this might be the year, it might not. Who knows (laughs) at this point? It's still (laughs) way too early to tell. But the purple, oh my goodness. If that's like an actual actual color i think that'd be the one that i would get i don't know how do you feel about purple phones (laughs) oh i'm a huge purple phone person like pinks and purples i'm in 100 percent. i also (laughs) like white phones for some stupid reason although those are not quite as popular now i think because it's hard to do the white in the front right you end up having a black front and like a white back and it's a it's a bit awkward but colors i'm i'm in i have a red iphone 11 that's what i record most of my videos with and i got the product red obviously well it's nice to support product red but at the same time i was just like i like the red although that purple right that you had (laughs) i felt it was a little too lilac for me and i just came from another phone that was purple so i but I'm ready for purple, especially the super bright. Like a true, true purple. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So other than great colors, which I think you can't underestimate, if you're going to have a phone, you know, a lot of people are going to be jaded and say, oh, you put it in a case anyway, and you can make a purple case, but it's not the same. Like with this, you can put it in a transparent case and like really get that shine, exactly, right? So I don't know. know. Very yeah. true. <laughs> so other than that, you talked a lot about the lack of port and stuff. I'd love to hear your thoughts on that because I know you and I agree that USB-C was what we would like to see on iPhones. We've been wanting to see on iPhones for a while because you're a Mac user like me. You live in Apple land, but I'm an Android user and a Mac user. And it's such a hassle to have to carry around just for video recording, which is what I use my iPhone for, this one lightning cable, Mm -hmm. right? (laughs) It does feel a little like at this point, in a sense, outdated, because yeah, like it'd just be so nice to have one cable for everything. It literally like would make everything so much easier. But um, yeah, I don't know. I like, I want to say that I'm excited for it, but at the same time, I am a little worried because I I can't picture myself fully adapting to that life yet, especially because, you know, like wireless charging is not where it should be yet. So it kind of seems like a lot of things that need to like leap to that, but um, you know. They, they can surprise us, so. <laughs> I mean, like, again, you know, 
Chinese phone manufacturers, the reason I really like following them is because I feel that in terms of hardware, they're really innovating the most, right? Like a lot of what we see on iPhones today have been introduced by Chinese phone makers and not Samsung. Samsung used to be the innovator, but there have been, I mean, they still do some really solid things. I just feel that they're not really pushing as hard as like Oppo or BBK Group in general or Xiaomi or Huawei when Huawei could. They're in a difficult place right now. But I think that Apple, you know, they could use or develop technology like what we see from BBK Group and Xiaomi and Huawei, where they have 50 watt wireless charging. It's a real thing. And with MagSafe, which places the coil, right, on the back of the phone, perfectly aligned, they could reach those speeds. So we could see a MagSafe 2 or like a MagSafe improved, Mm -hmm. like backwards compatible with the old adapters that might even work with the Macs. I had this on an episode where imagine if the next MacBook Air, the M1X Air, the super thin one, it has four spots on the lid in the back where you can randomly attach a MagSafe connector. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that'd be amazing. And it just charges like that, right? Like something like that. So I'm imagining an ecosystem where Apple develops their own connector, but on the Macs, they still have USB-C for charging if you need to. And on the on the iPhone, they might just drop the port. And if that's the case, if they can do 50 watt, 30 watt charging over MagSafe, I think it's reasonable. The problem is data connection. And I think you can do this wirelessly, ultra wideband, which they're using also, you know, for their tags and stuff that they haven't done yet. But I'd love to know what you think of this portless thing. Will it happen this year, do you think? If it does, like, I'm definitely going to stick to, like, and I know a lot of people are saying this too, that it would only come to one phone. I don't think it's going to be, like, a full force, like, you're you're getting a portless phone and that's it. (laughs) But, um, yeah, I want to say I'm hopeful that it does, but, like, a part of me still stays skeptical on it. I don't know. And if it did, like, the Pro Max would definitely be the phone to get it, but I don't know. Yeah. Still like on the, I'm a little bit on the fence. <laughs> I find it difficult for Apple to make a soft transition. You know how they tend to make very clear hard transitions. Mm-hmm. So part of me thinks they could do it this year, but I feel that with Apple's cautious approach to hard cuts, like changes, I think it might be a 2022 thing when mm-hmm. they finally have developed fast enough wireless charging. And the data, who cares? Like you can airdrop, you can, you, there's so many ways you can get your data on and off your phone now that they yeah. might not even care about that. But ultra wideband is possible. Remember the essential phone had these accessories that magnetically latched on. They use USB over ultra wideband. So, true. you know, I'm kind of over USB-C on the iPhone. Like I want it, yes, in an ideal world, but I've given up. I'm pretty confident we're going to see a portless iPhone before we see USB-C on an iPhone at this point and or some sort of very fast MagSafe wireless. That's for charging. That's my that's my gut. Would you go fully portless if that were the option, one of the options? Well, I, I'm just going to be a sucker and buy a new iPhone at some point for video, right? <laughs> like, because video, nothing touches the iPhone for video recording. I'm sorry, like, I hate to say this, but I feel like, yeah, the Galaxies are getting very close. Maybe some of these Oppos and Xiaomis, like the Mi 11 was pretty great for video. But in the back of my mind, I'm like, I can run Filmic on my iPhone and I'm guaranteed to get what I want. Whereas running Filmic on an Android phone is really hit and miss. I tried hard. Like I have enough Android phones that I don't need to be like picky and buy myself an iPhone. But no, like Filmic on the iPhone 
is a night and day thing. And I, I can't live without it for video recording. Like being able to set my white balance, you know, set my exposure level, you know, have good quality, fast autofocus for me, especially that can almost do macro where I can get close up all of that plus external input for a microphone. So that's going to be the challenge for the iPhone. How do we get yeah. our mics connected? Right? Like, cause I use the wired lav right now and you know, I suppose you could do it wirelessly, but wireless mics always freak <laughs> me the f out, you know? <laughs> I know. <laughs> Can't rely on it. No, <laughs> not yet. No, but I, I feel you with the video there. Like I, I definitely don't think anything quite matches up to it yet. And I mean, I myself earlier last year before the world shut down and stuff, I, I did try like, especially with filmic, I thought that stuff was cool. Just being able to take full control of like the camera, the video camera system on iPhones. And I, yeah, haven't been able to with any other phone, but I don't know. I'm, I'm with you there. I'm <laughs> yeah. I mean, I skipped we'll the see. 12 this year because, you know, Apple doesn't send me review units. I'm not a big enough fry for that. So I decided, you know, I, I love what I'm seeing, but I can't afford spending another, you know, whatever. And I probably would just buy the iPhone 12 right now, frankly, like not the pro, not the mini, although the mini is super adorbs. Um, <laughs> it's actually my main phone, by the way. <laughs> how's battery life? Are you hanging in there? Oh, it's it's awful. <laughs> oh, no. It is. No, I mean, I'm hanging in, but I've mostly embraced it just because I like the whole, like I, and I'm sure you've heard this, just get sticking to like the minimal like being minimal with things and trying to like reduce my time on phones because I do that way too much, especially being home. So it's a little, I've been dealing with it. I'm about to like jump on to back to my 12 Pro. So okay. we'll see, but <laughs> definitely a struggle. Yeah. So I think I might wait for the 13 to upgrade, especially if the base 13 has the 120 hertz display. And that's the other thing we've been talking about, right? Like yes. I have been using 90 hertz or higher now on almost every Android phone that I've reviewed for a year. Even the more affordable Android phones, like the $200, $300 Android phones coming out of China have 90 or 120 hertz displays now. So I'm at the point where I can't live without it. And and even back in the days when it was just a flagship thing, I was just, it, for me, it's really noticeable. Like I noticed the difference between you know, 60 and 90 the most, and 90 and 120 a bit less, but much more than, say, going from 1080p to Quad HD, because, you know, I'm old and my eyes are not the best, and the resolution is not the big thing. For what really gets me is the, like, that fluidity that, you know, you if you have an iPad mm -hmm. with ProMotion, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. And you have all these Android phones, so you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, no, I, like, been jumping back and forth with my S21 Ultra, and it's just so nice and smooth. So I, it's never been, I guess, for me, since I'm not, like, used to it on a daily, like, other than the iPad, like, on a phone. I'm not super quite used to it yet, so I don't know what I'm missing out. But it's one of those things when you, like, experience it, I'm sure it's hard to not, <laughs> to not have it on a device, so. Yeah, I find, for me, I notice it to the point where I'm just, like, it's not clear. Like, I can't tell you, oh, this is run at 60 hertz, you know, rah, 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 I know everything. <laughs> no, it's not like that. It's more like something's not right. It's mm. missing something. And I'm like, oh, right. It's a 60 hertz display. Get it now. It's like <laughs> you feel like the software is lagging, but you know it's, in fact, not lagging. And that's how yeah. I notice it the most. Yeah. No, it would be it would be nice. And I, what do you think of the rumors? Do you think, like, it'll be any higher? Or do you think we'll actually see... 
or 120 this year. I think any higher is kind of overkill unless you're making a gaming phone. We're going to talk about the ROG phone in a minute. The yes. <laughs> 144 hertz refresh. I mean, for that, I get it. But like on an iPhone, like iPhones are good at gaming for sure. Don't get me wrong. But I think that, you know, I don't see Apple ever making a custom bespoke gaming phone. So why would they go that high? Like it seems excessive. Well, maybe on the Pro mm-hmm. Max, but you know. Yeah, I'm going to make more sense there for sure. Apple doesn't tend to really differentiate too much. Like this year they did with the, you know, in-body stabilization, but it's really just a big pro, right? I mean, the sensor yeah. is different for the main camera, but, and then I guess the telephoto is a little more, more zoomy. <laughs> yeah. Zoomy. <laughs> yeah. So other than that, what is, you think going to see on the iPhone 13? Design-wise, it's going to stay the same other than, of course, the purple. We want purple Apple if you're listening. <laughs> I, I'm, I have my fingers crossed, but um, I think the other exciting thing to me that is not new but will be returned would be like any form of touch id i definitely miss <gasps> yes <laughs> definitely need that back i think i mean now that i'm like leaving my home more it's just it would be nice to with a mask on have that option because i'm always like when i'm paying with my apple pay i always have to put in my passcode and like it's fumbling around it's just it'd be nice to have some form of another way to unlock the phone but yeah for sure. I think that um, your video actually addresses this. And folks, watch the video. I'll put it in the show notes, obviously, like all the stuff I put in for all the topics. But check it out because you make up a good point. The question is, will this be an under-display optical sensor or or even an ultrasonic sensor like what Samsung is using? Because now that Apple and Qualcomm are friends again, it could be that. <laughs> or will it be on the power lock key like the iPad Air? And I'm very torn. I I kind of almost feel like on the power lock key would make more sense because it would Agreed. be faster and more reliable. And you, you might not use it nearly as much because you still have face ID, you know? Yeah. Yeah, no, because I'm like fully, like the touch the touch ID sensor would only come in benefit to me when I'm, when I'm wearing a mask because like I'm completely, face ID is like completely reliable for me. I don't need anything else other than that. But like just because of the world that we're living in, it would make a lot more sense. No, I'm I wholeheartedly would love it on the side of on the power button over the finger in display. That, I think giving people options is a good thing too. Like my spouse has an iPhone SE twenty twenty and they don't like using the touch ID for anything except payments. So when mm. they want to unlock their phone, they use a code. But the only time they use touch ID is for payment because then it's just, you know, doesn't slow them down at the cash register but they've got it turned off for everything else and some people like that i know some people do the same with or the reverse where they want to be able to enter a code every time they pay to mm-hmm. make sure that it's you know safe right yeah yeah so i I think choices are good i don't think there is there's a few android phones from chinese makers like huawei that have both like a proper 3d scanning face id type sensor like not not just the 2d camera thing that's not reliable and then have a fingerprint in display but i don't think there's too many android phones that do this and uh apple would be the one to make it go yeah yeah it's definitely one of the things out of all the speculation rumors that i would look forward to the most in my like daily like that's something that i would notice the most is the touch id sensor so hopefully and then there are rumors of an Apple event on the same day as OnePlus is going to announce the <laughs> OnePlus 9 series, March 23rd. So 
If that turns out to be true and the invites are going out soon, then first of all, I feel bad for OnePlus because it's the second time this has happened now, I think, this past year. And second, what do you think we're going to see? Obviously not iPhones. Do you think no. we're going to see a new SE this year? I I don't know. I like I haven't heard much about it, so I mean, yeah, there are not too many rumors. Yeah, it would it would be like around this time of year if it were, but I don't know. I haven't seen much about the SE. I mean, the SE is still a pretty solid phone a year in. I don't see them yeah. updating that for maybe another year at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Especially because this year, like like I said, and going back to like the whole video, like feels like a 12s upgrade. So we might might not. I think unless, until we get like a newer design in iPhone, that SE might not change too much. But. I have dreams of them taking the iPhone 5 chassis and mm. well they kind of did with the 12 mini right like it's almost that right it's yeah. almost that small but then full display almost. yeah um what do you think we're going to get if this event happens on the 23rd like realistically what can we expect apple tags no. <laughs> finally <laughs> finally <laughs> but um yeah maybe apple tags but i know like the ipad pro like um update and I I wanted to like see your thoughts on do you think that any new of those new iMacs? Oh my <laughs> god, I want that so bad. Would you get one of the color ones? <sighs> Probably. Yeah, why not? Probably. Like, <laughs> I mean, it seems like so so much, but I, I think like man, like a nice like a green iMac would sound cool. <laughs> I think honestly realistically right now, my iMac that I'm recording on right now, my 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 day-to-day -day machine at home is is a three-year-old iMac i5. And it's fine. Like it's not the fastest, but it's perfectly adequate. I don't do 4K video editing, so I'm not constrained by that too much for my videos. I'm still at 1080p. I've I've been meaning to take the plunge, but I think I need to rework a lot of my uh, my workflow if I want to do that. Mostly I'm going to run out of space on my iPhone because I only bought a 64 gig and that was a bad idea. Mm. You know, Jaime Rivera warned me. He said, spend the extra money on the 128 when I bought it. And I said, pshaw, I recorded 10 minute videos at 1080p. All I need is 64 because I will delete them as I go. Like I don't keep them on the phone. I back them up and I, you know, and, but he was so right. Every now and then when I'm at like, I haven't been to a trade show since, well, I took it with me to CES last year. So mm. I, I guess that's the first time I used it and I did run out. He was right. He was right. Like I'm such a, <laughs> I'm such a stickler. It was just a hundred bucks. I seriously said the same thing as like my sister just switched her iPhone and 64 gigs. No. Just ran out of space. She was like, no, why did I do this? And I, it was yeah. my suggestion, but no, yeah, 64 is not enough. <laughs> so I'm not sure that I would upgrade to a new iMac. I honestly right now edit my videos on my MacBook Air M1 because it's so much faster and better and slicker than my iMac. Like it's incredible that I'm running this $2,000 three-year-old iMac here. That's really fine. But then I go to my little cheap entry-level MacBook Air M1 and it just runs circles around the iMac. It's, Isn't it crazy? It's how, crazy. Like, that jump was just, I, I honestly wasn't expecting it. I was like holding so tight to my 16-inch and I actually have a video coming on this soon. But I was like, I, I still want to use my 16-inch MacBook Pro. And when I felt the difference just from the air, I'm like, okay, this is it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you have a 13-inch macbook pro m1 right as well yes yeah i like did the jump to it recently because i was like wanted to try it out with the air and then 
went over to a Mac mini. I like got more RAM, 16 gigs, just to see if it held up even more. And then, yeah, the Pro just like has been the answer to all my issues. Because like eight gigs on the MacBook Air wasn't like quite enough for yeah. me with Final Cut. So yeah. this has been, yeah, no, this has been, I'm like using it right now with you <laughs> while I'm talking nice. to you. It's been amazing. Yeah, I love my M1 Air and I pull it out now to do work around the house with it, which is like, I'm kind of bummed because in a way we can't travel and do trade shows, which is, you know, why I've always had very small and light Mac portable. To give you an idea, I don't know if you've heard this from previous shows, but I used to, until this M1 Air, I had a 12-inch MacBook, like the super thin, the original, so (laughs) like... It was maxed out, right? So I had the maximum RAM and storage you could get at launch, which I think was 8 gigs and 512 gigs. But the point is that I lived with that as my trade show computer for five years. Yeah. Five (laughs) solid years. So that was getting a little long in the tooth. Like there's no way I could edit 4K video on that thing. 1080p was struggling at the end there. But um, it's it was such a reliable and solid computer. I'm really hoping for a lighter, thinner air next. Mm-hmm. Um, when they refresh it, because I'll probably switch simply because, I don't know, I feel like it's a little bulky when I'm coming from a 12-inch MacBook to have an Air. I know that sounds petty to say because a lot of folks <laughs> have never lived with the 12-inch super thin, super light, but you do notice the difference. Yeah, no, you even know it, like going from Air to MacBook Pro, I'm like, oh, this little, this yeah, little right? extra ways, <laughs> definitely notice it. Do you think we're going to see a 14-inch MacBook Pro or a 16 or whatever with a refreshed like M2, M1X chip? Well, first of all, at this event, and then maybe, if not, this event soon. I don't think this event, but like hopefully, hopefully soon. Things a little, seems like it might be too soon for this event, but I mean... I, I'm always like hope to be proven wrong because like I, <laughs> I'm i fully on this life now and I've been saying, okay, this is going to be my machine for a while. But as soon as I see a 13 or 14 equivalent M1X, I think that's the computer I would go for. And I actually like I've been enjoying the smaller screen. So I think I would stick to smaller, but with, M1, if, with M1X, if it yeah. holds up to the same performance you would get out of like the bigger machine. That's that's the one I would go for. But. Yeah, that sounds that sounds like a good plan. So we'll yeah, I mean, I'm I'm really excited that there might be an iMac M1 or M1X or M2, whatever, an ARM-based Apple Silicon-based iMac. However, I'm probably gonna wait to upgrade. I can't justify. I just spent my business spent two thousand dollars on this three years ago now. Mm. But I'm more likely right now, frankly, to buy a Mac Mini M1 and a some sort of 4K or 5K monitor. Mm-hmm. If I were to upgrade, like if this iMac just died tomorrow, it's no longer under Apple Care. So I would probably just, I mean, if the iMac M1 is out, then it's a no brainer. But if like today, since we don't have an iMac M1 <laughs> yet, I would probably just get a Mac Mini M1. That's and- honestly, that's a great move. I completely stand by that because it's essentially like the same internals that you feel from the Pro, especially when you like up. The memory a little bit it's there's really no difference other than obviously like the portability versus at a desk but what else do you think we're going to expect at this like airpod pro something refreshed on the audio side i was actually i, I did bring that up the other day in a conversation i think 
it's time for for new airpods so a new airpods pro what would it be would it be i always like go straight to like <laughs> the design and that's like the way my mind runs is like oh like are they gonna be like smaller and fit better in your ears even though i had no issues with it but i know a lot of people who like still don't find them super like the most comfortable so yeah for sure new yeah. airpods would be i'm hopefully like fingers crossed on that and as far as like anything else in the event i know new Apple TVs. I'm personally like excited for that because I use my Apple TV almost every single day. So hopefully that too. But Cool. Are we thinking pros or regular AirPods refresh or both? I would want to say pros. I mean, the, Air, the regular AirPods has been last time I got, that was 2019. It's a while. I'm correct. Yeah, it's been a while. And pros are a little newer. <laughs> um, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> yeah. That's how kind of I am with everything. Like, I just kind of like just wait back and like, okay, till the day of, we'll, we'll actually see. No, but <laughs> I, I would like, I would like new AirPods. It would be nice to see them. All right. So let's talk about the Oppo Find X3 Pro. That's the big announcement this week. And yes. related to that, we have a bunch of BBK group announcements, like the OnePlus 9 Hasselblad partnership. So let's dive into that real quick. You've seen some photos and videos. I know you don't have the Fine X3 Pro yet, and I do, but I'd love your initial impressions as someone who might not be super familiar with Oppo, and but is super familiar with phones and covers phones professionally. Mm-hmm. What is your take on this phone? Like aesthetics, features, what do you think? Is this intriguing you or you're kind of like, man, I'm going to stick with my Galaxy? No, it, it's intriguing because I think it's a very, very solid Android phone. I think it's a very beautiful phone, <laughs> very sleek. I love like the like that metal finish, the very like reflective. And I think you were mentioning before like that little um, the way the camera connects to the back of the phone. That's something that mm-hmm. I personally, I don't know, just a very sleek looking phone. <laughs> um, and I did see some a couple videos here and there pop up. I saw like the display looks beautiful too. It's probably one of the brightest displays I've seen in a while. I think like peaks at like thirteen hundred is so that. That's pretty exciting. The back of the camera is very reminiscent of like the iPhone module on the back. So that yeah, kind of right. piqued my interest a little bit. I'm like, oh, how are those cameras? But I guess I can ask you with your experience <laughs> of how the cameras have been for you. But Well, I just got the phone yesterday. So my unboxing video is up. I'll put it in the show notes. I haven't really had any um, seat time with the phone proper to take photos. But what's intriguing to me about the cameras is that you know, in general, Chinese companies like the BBK group and the Xiaomi group that includes a million brands and, of course, Huawei. But Huawei, to a lesser extent, it, it feels like really Xiaomi and BBK group, aka the Oppo here, have really been shying away from telephotos in their phones. Like the mid-range Reno series from Oppo, it's like their bread and butter series, used to have a telephoto in there and now no longer does. And if you remember, right, the OnePlus 7T even had a telephoto and then we went to the OnePlus 8 and then, you know, the 8T even, none of them have telephotos. You had to get the 8 Pro last year to get a telephoto. And we're seeing this on the Find X3 Pro, which is a bit disappointing because this is a 
$1,200 phone roughly, right? It's a flagship of flagships. This is premium. This is high end. And it's got to have all the cameras. <laughs> yes, it does. And it does have a 2X telephoto, but I feel like a 2X telephoto is kind of like playing lip service to, hey, we have one. You can't argue. But it's more like, come on, guys, 3X would have been good. And this is particularly jarring to me because I reviewed the Fine X2 Pro last year's model a year ago, and it had a 5X periscope, you know, like kind of like what you see on the Note 20 Ultra. Yeah. And so I was like, no, this is uh, this is a bit of a bummer. But, okay, let's roll with it for a second. <laughs> there is a freaking microscope, 60X microscope in there. That sounds crazy. <laughs> Why? I don't know. Okay, I'm, I'm in. <laughs> but you're in. I'm sold. <laughs> so I think hopefully you can get your hands on one and then... Let me know what, you, what you're what you going to take photos of with a microscope. Like ants? I kind of want to take photos of ants. Going to look like little insects. <laughs> That's where my mind went to. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy because 60X is huge. Like, I mean, yeah. I, I don't even know how that works. So I'm, I'm going to play with that. But I think that's unique and maybe a bit gimmicky, but maybe I love it. The other thing that stands out this year is that... Um, Every year, Sony makes a new sensor for BBK Group, right? Or two. Like they, they tend to work closely together. And this year, the new sensor is a 50 megapixel. It's called the Sony IMX766. And it's pretty interesting because they use the same sensor for both the main camera and the ultra wide so that they can have the same color accuracy. And nobody's ever done that before. And I think that's actually very clever. Yeah, you know? I agree. I'm like somebody who loves the ultra wide camera when I can have it like match up to the main. That's always the issue is this is not never quite as good as the main camera on, on yeah. every phone. So so basically on this phone, you get a main camera with f1.8 OIS and every pixel is on autofocus pixel. So it's going to be very fast at autofocus. Nice. Uh, phase phase detect. And then the ultra wide is the same sensor with an f2.2 lens. But it has autofocus on the ultra wide, which oh, lets it do beautiful. macro photography. Nice. So in addition to the microscope, which is like crazy macro, this has an actual ability to go up to an inch and a half, like four centimeters using the ultra wide, which the OnePlus 8 Pro does as well. And the OnePlus 7T did as well. I, in fact, until OnePlus dropped the telephotos, and started putting these, what I call sticker cameras, the cheap two megapixels, I might as well stick a camera on the back for the hell of it, kind of <laughs> cameras, right? Like those macro cameras and black and white cameras. Until they did that, they always had the ultra wide with autofocus to do macro photography. Yes. And, yes, right. and so Oppo did that here. So I think this is a solid camera system, there's no doubt, but it feels a little... It's a different approach. So last year's uh, Fine X2 Pro didn't have wireless charging. This does. So they remedied that, but then they kind of took away a little bit with that lack of a proper 3X or 5X even would have been better telephoto. Mm -hmm. And then the rest of it, I mean, as you said, the display is incredible. It's got basically a similar display to what we see on the S21 Ultra, you know, okay. which peaks at 1500 nits yeah. and has, you know, 120 hertz variable. It's 5 to 120 hertz variable refresh rate. It's quad HD. It's 6.7 inch, so it's not too big. And honestly, I have no, I have no complaints. You know, the Mi 11 from Xiaomi has a, almost the same display as the S21 Ultra as well. So I think these manufacturers are pretty much probably getting all their panels from 
either Samsung or BOE or both, whatever, like the, or LG maybe even. But the point mm-hmm. is that they're definitely trying to aim for the same specs, right? Yeah. yeah. And I wouldn't be surprised if this display on the Oppo Find X3 Pro ends up on the OnePlus 9 Pro in some way. I don't know, but that's my gut feeling. That's happened happened last year with the Find X2 Pro. And Seems the, to be the trend, yeah. The OnePlus 8 Pro, yeah. But, you know, other than that, it's got 4,500 milliamp hour battery. It's got 65 watt wire charging, fast charging with a brick in the box. Ha. <laughs> that's, an, yeah. that's something that we don't see too often these days. <laughs> and it's a proper 65 watt brick too, which is nice. nice. And it does allow you to do PD charging up to 45 watt, which means you can use it with your MacBook or something as well, mm, which okay. is a nice touch. Okay. <laughs> it does have 30 watt wireless charging. Snapdragon 888, tons of RAM and storage. I didn't even look. I think it's 12, 256. I could be wrong. Mm. Something like that. It's it's a lot. And then it has this crazy premium glass panel that you talked about that like Oppo went on and on in their presentation <laughs> about like the million manufacturing steps it has to be blessed by the wizards. And like, I don't know what they're doing. Like there's some kind of magical incantation, right? <laughs> I mean, kudos to them. Yeah. And you have me wanting to see this phone now. Like, it's it kind of it's checking all the boxes, like, in the flagship side of things. So, And I think that's what I love about Chinese phones. It's like, you know, they are really pushing the envelope in many directions. Like, this microscope is a little crazy. Then software on this is ColorOS, which is Oppo's version of skin of Android. And honestly... Chinese phones used to be really difficult outside of China, basically. It was always a little hard to digest because they tried to copy the iPhone. Like, they would, like, really change the experience from an Android phone. I do remember that from back in the day. Like, whenever they would come in, it's like, oh, this is an iPhone copy. But I feel like they've they've already, like, stretched away from that for sure. Oh, yeah. It's much better now. And so, you know, Samsung's One UI is kind of a step in that direction, too, where they're really, they're adding their own flavor, but it's not overdone and it's it's really helpful, right? That's kind of yeah. what we're seeing. Uh, Oxygen OS on the on the OnePlus phones is kind of the poster child for that, I think. And ColorOS has gotten very, very good. Like two years ago, ColorOS was like a little cringeworthy. And now last year with the uh, Fine X2 Pro, they really tried to make it more palatable to global markets. And I think this year it's even better. So nice. that is not going to be too much of an issue for folks. The big challenge if you get this phone for North America, for the U.S., is that I don't think it's going to have 5G support for the Mm. U.S. market. I have to test that, but even though Qualcomm is slowly making chips that are supporting more and more bands, you know, eventually you'll buy a Chinese phone and it'll work. Like, you know, this is a global version of a Chinese phone, so it could be supported. But in my experience so far, I haven't run into any phone that is not specifically for the US that has sub-6 5G working Mm. for Timor or AT&T. So I doubt this phone will do it. So keep that in mind. If this doesn't matter to you, then by all means, like import that phone. But I think that, if you're really wanting to like get the best coverage from your carrier, yeah. buy a Galaxy or an iPhone in the US because the bands are super optimized. And I would say still buy it unlocked if you can afford it, unless you can get a great like bring one, get one or whatever, <laughs> buy one, get one or whatever at uh, you know your carrier and then you're locked in. I just don't like the idea of like all the... On Android phone, you get all these apps pre-installed and like, you know, it's yeah. locked to the carrier. It just drives me nuts. <laughs> No, I agree. Can't have yeah. all the like loaded apps on there, the pre-installed apps. But so you know, honestly, the Find X3 Pro, 
It's solid. I think that, as I said, my happiness is around the wireless charging, which was missing last year, and my unhappiness is around the telephoto being more of a symbolic thing at this point. But, <laughs> you know, who knows? I, I might not find that as big of a deal. I definitely might find that the that new sensor is so good that I'm going to be like, oh my God, it's the best thing ever. You know, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. But um, related to this, as I said earlier, like OnePlus is coming out with their phones on the 23rd. They made it official last week. It's OnePlus time. (laughs) And partnership with Hasselblad. So, okay, Mm -hmm. you've been doing this long enough, right? You know that sometimes (laughs) they put a partnership thing up and you're kind of like rolling your eyes and it's just marketing and sometimes like leica and huawei it's real like you get some benefits from that partnership you know which one do you think is going to be on this do you think it's just (laughs) marketing from oneplus here or do you think they've been like told that their cameras aren't good enough for so long which we all know and agree that they're finally like you know stepping it up and and doing something serious with hasselblad to get up there yeah i think as long as it's the thing is like that's it's super it sounds super promising when it's all like we're getting better hardware but like will the software match up to it that's my my um concern with it all but i will be excited to see because obviously like Hasselblad but then when we like look back to like the past with Hasselblad and like the moto mods it wasn't something that truly oh my god the moto mods yeah truly stuck (laughs) but i mean the fact that this is like this is okay this is in the phone and you know oneplus has had solid cameras i mean i'm i'm expecting i'm not holding like i'm not sticking too strong to it but maybe <laughs> i'm a little excited the other thing that's got me excited too about this hasselblad partnership and it's not directly related to hasselblad but it's more related to the fact that there has been rumors of a custom sony sensor for bbk group called the imx 789 and that would make sense because last year the Fine X 2 pro and the OnePlus 8 pro had that sensor as a main sensor. It's a 48 megapixel sensor with very large pixels. And there's a rumor of a replacement, an improvement, a newer version of that, 789. And we all expected it to be in the Oppo Find X3 Pro like mm. today in the yeah. announcement. And it's not <laughs> in anywhere to be seen. They have another custom sensor in there that's identical on the main and the ultrawide, but it makes me hope that we're going to see the 789 on the OnePlus, probably just the 9 Pro at this point. But if we do, yeah. oh my God, like that might lead some credibility to me that they're getting serious because BBK Group chose OnePlus to have the best sensor they make. Mm-hmm. And then maybe Hasselblad drove that And that's, yeah, like it, it comes from both ways. You yeah. know, they said, well, we can help you with the color science or whatever they're doing, right? And but we need a better bespoke sensor and let's let's go talk to Sony and see what they mm-hmm. can make for us. Because yeah. that's kind of what happened with Huawei and Leica. Leica said, well, we can't really do this without that. And so, you know, basically Sony was hired by Huawei to make custom sensors for the P30 and the P40 series. And it paid off as you've probably seen if you've looked at some of the photos taken on that phone. Yeah. So I'm, I'm very hopeful the nine about the OnePlus 9 series being better at imaging and i'm excited about the partnership hopefully it's not a gimmick you know i guess we're close enough to know we'll we'll know yeah. in a few days two weeks exactly <laughs> two weeks from now, yeah 
So the other quick related news to that is The Verge had an article saying that there is a charger included in the OnePlus 9, just like on the Find X3 right. Pro. So that's Pete Lau apparently confirmed it. So that's good news. And then that it's also supposed to have the same sensor as the Find X3 Pro for its ultra wide, that 50 megapixel. Yeah, okay. So cool, that cool. seems to have been confirmed by a tweet from OnePlus where they mention IMX766, which is what the two sensors are inside the Find X3 Pro. So ta-da. Like I, I like I said before, like the ultra wide is always what loops me in and like it's important yeah yeah and yeah. and i love that the chinese manufacturers have really been pushing it huawei was the first they went nuts with a 40 megapixel ultra wide last year mm-hmm. and they from then it's been just they've keep going and then oneplus did it with the 48 megapixel ultra wide on the 8 pro which by yeah. the way the fine x2 pro also had and now this year we're seeing 50 megapixel ultra wides on these phones and i want more do it <laughs> Like, this is so cool. This is so cool. No, it's super, super exciting. So the next bit is talking about Realme. Realme debuted their quote-unquote flagship. Realme is also part of BBK Group. The Realme GT, it's China only for now, I think. Yeah. Here's the kicker. Are you ready for this? Snapdragon 888 for 430 US dollars. That's, you see, that's almost like I we see all these flagship phones and they got it all. But when you see like the pricing with a top line spec like that, pretty groundbreaking. <laughs> so here, let me give you some specs so you can get all excited. Let's hear it. Because <laughs> you know we're nerds. So we have to do this. 8 or 12 gigs of RAM. Um, I don't know, storage doesn't see anywhere. Okay. It's got a 120 hertz AMOLED 1080p display. Beautiful. It has 4,500 milliamp hour battery with 65 watt fast charging. Damn. <laughs> Six, yeah. 16 megapixel front, 64 megapixel main, 8 megapixel ultra wide, and 2 megapixel macro. Of course, 5G, Wi Fi, all that good stuff. Android 11. With the Realme OS, which is very similar to Call OS and Oxygen OS, it's got two versions: a glass back and a leather back. That this is the thing. Like I still don't hear the catch because usually with these phones, you get like a you know. I know, right? The hardware is not catching up. <laughs> You're like, where is the bad part? Yeah, it's not. <laughs> so leather up glass back, Type C port, of course, dual speakers, stereo audio. By the way, the Find X3 Pro has a really nice. Dolby Atmos Tune dual speakers. Mm. And the prices are for the 8 gig version, 432 for the 12 gig version, 12 gigs. Yeah, like you need that. 510 <laughs> US dollars. So now wow. this is in China where, you know, they subsidize through a lot of ecosystem play services that they basically pull you into, kind of like Apple does here. You can expect it to cost $100 more when it becomes a global phone. So yeah, yeah. still at $532, and we're talking Pixel 4a 5G pricing here for mm-hmm. something that's a stone throw away from an S21 base. Yeah, that's, I mean, it, like I said, it sounds too good to be true. I, I need to see this phone because it like, where is that catch? I don't know. But yeah. That's so, exciting. you know, that's what I like Chinese phones for. It's like, yeah, you know, let's just go nuts. And they don't <laughs> just, they don't hold back. They just yeah. do it. We just spoke about Samsung, and I love the S21. By the way, you don't know this, Crystal, but I just got my S21 Ultra finally. Like Samsung, they just didn't have devices for a while. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I I pestered them, and eventually they sent me one. So I haven't actually played with an S21 Ultra yet. So I'm I'm, I'm a little behind the times. It feels like... 
I kind of gave up at some point. I was like, you know, I could go buy one, but I feel like I don't want to spend that kind of money and I'll probably return it anyway. Like I love their phones. Yeah. The last one I used extensively was the S20 Fan Edition and that was a great phone for the money. So yeah. So basically Samsung is coming out with another phone or something on March 17th. They announced an unpacked event. Like It's another crazy tech month. (laughs) Are we going to (laughs) survive? Nope. I feel like I'm just so overloaded with stuff this month. Wow. Okay. So the question to you is, what do you think they're going to announce? I be excited for, like, I think I'm most excited for the rumors of a maybe another flip. That was my first experience to any type of folding phone. I've never, like, got to see the the fold up close. So any type of more refined version of the flip would be cool to see. I enjoyed that phone for the time I had it last year again right before the world shut down so I didn't get to fully (laughs) enjoy it but (laughs) but I think the whole you know the whole concept of having a phone that kind of that can be big when you want it or small when you don't (laughs) it's cool I love the Z Flip I bought one and returned it simply because I couldn't justify keeping it and there were rumors of the 5G model coming and you know sure enough that happened and then I got a review unit from AT&T, actually. So I did eventually get the 5G version. And I love it. I, it's the best. It's my favorite foldable of all of them so far. Don't get me wrong. The Z Fold 2, I also bought one and returned that. But I I wanted to experience it because it's kind of like the, you know, the big daddy of all phones, mm-hmm. of all phones, <laughs> not just folding phones. It's like, it's like no holds barred, right? It's pretty <laughs> solid that way. Yeah. And I need to experience that for myself. And I, it was very impressive. But... Closer to my heart, just like the purple iPhone, lives the purple-colored Z Flip series from last year, whether you get the 5G or the 4G model. So I'm hoping that's what we're going to see. But, you know, I'm wondering if we're going to also potentially hear about the A series, because the A series is their bread and mm-hmm. butter. That's what they sell the most worldwide. You think that the flagship S series is their big thing, but even the US here, you know, we're due for like A72 and A52 or maybe 73 and 53. Now, I don't know. I can't keep track. <laughs> 5G phones that cost around three to $500, right? With yeah. probably Snapdragon 765 or some Exynos chip of some kind. I think those are, those are necessary and you know, I just don't see them having an unpacked for that. So that's kind of why yeah. I feel this is more of a earbuds, folding phone, and what else could they launch? What do you think? A new speaker? new speaker. Usually there's a, well, I mean, like the earbuds come along with it, but usually I haven't like seen or heard of any like new Samsung yeah, speaker in a while. So, but I think the top of my list is a flip for sure. If there's a new flip. Yeah. Then. What if they have two, Crystal? What if they have oh, no. a cheap one and a more expensive one? <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, no, you said, oh, no, because then we have to review them. So, yeah. <laughs> Shut no. up, Miriam. Shut up. <laughs> I'm not going to say this again. That was a bad idea. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. So, Samsung launched a new sensor for their phones, for the cameras, actually not their phones, so anybody's phone, really. Uh, the ISOCELL 2.0 line we're probably going to see a bunch of new sensors using that technology better low light performance is a big deal it's 0.7 micron based so the current 108 megapixel sensors most of them are 0.8 micron based so a little Mm -hmm. bigger pixels 
It's interesting because they've done 0.7 micron sensors before. One of the 108 megapixel sensors that's currently available on some of the cheaper Chinese phones, like the super awesome Redmi Note 10 Pro that I covered last week. That's a $260 phone. Has a 108 megapixel main sensor from yeah. Samsung with 0.7 micron pixels. So I think this is good news. I mean, look, I'm not a megapixel fan. Like, I don't think you necessarily need it, but yeah. pixel binning is a thing and it works. And it does provide better performance. And so if we can get that to be more widely available somehow, I think that'd be great. And so if that's what Samsung's doing here, kudos. Yeah. No, I, I'm like super excited for any any improvements in hardware because like Samsung's like software is already so high Good. up there. I mm-hmm. I was honestly like I hadn't used since before the S21 Ultra now. Like I it's been a while since I mainly use a samsung phone right now it's my second like phone that i'll carry around i'll have my my iphone and then always an android phone so let's see you you have an (laughs) iphone 12 mini and then at the other end of the scale you have an s21 ultra right yes like and and my pro max so there's three phones that i carry around with me oh right and the pro max so yeah so you have two big phones and one small phone that's fair (laughs) it bounces out to somewhere in the middle somehow What are your thoughts on these rumors, or it's a leak, I guess, of a Pixel 5a coming on June 11th? I think there's been previous rumors we covered of a Pixel 5a that would be like an update on the 4a 5G. Mm -hmm. Thoughts? Do you think this is happening? Does it make sense? Yeah, it does make sense. The Pixel 5 was great, but it can't be mad at a more budget version of the phone. And I think I always hold on because it matches up to what you get from the higher end, you know, like you don't really miss out too much. Um, I know that we're talking about the little hole punch camera moving to the center. I'm all for that. I know it's like such a little thing, but the one on the side feels kind of messy. So that'd be cool to see. And yeah, May seems perfect timing for pixel, pixel phones. So yeah, I mean, especially since last year, they got delayed into August with a 4A yeah. because of, you know, the pandemic. I think this makes sense in terms of timing. Yeah. And I love the cheaper pixels you know i used to be a pixel person buy the best pixel i could well i wouldn't buy them they would send them to me and then i would make them my daily drivers and google just never seems to ask for anything back so it was very convenient but last year i switched to the oneplus 8 pro because once the 5 was announced pixel 5 and the 4a 5g i love them both in different ways but neither satisfy my requirements for what i need in a phone mm-hmm. and i had already spent time with the OnePlus 8 Pro enough to know that that would be kind of the closest I could get to a flagship Pixel. And so I, that's when the first time in a long time that I switched from a Pixel to another phone uh, as my daily driver. Because as much as I'd love to change phones every month, like all my apps and stuff, bringing them over is just too much work. No, I'm with you. It's it's annoying. I'm just too lazy. (laughs) And I need something reliable, you know, something reliable I can use every day that... I don't have to, oh, did I forget this app? Oh, now I need to wait here outside the store or whatever to install it. Stupid and annoying. So I tend to just like spend a day like transferring everything, like doing it all right, getting as much of it ready as I can. And then, you know, repairing all my millions of Bluetooth devices. <laughs> it's like, that's the worst. I wish that carried over somehow. Somebody's got to do something about that. <laughs> but for me, if they could make a Pixel... 4A 5G. That's my favorite one from last year, simply because even though 
I want wireless charging and I don't care about a headphone jack and I like water resistance, all these things, and 90 hertz, all these things that the 5 had, I yeah. felt that I needed a bigger phone. And the 485G was that phone. And I felt that for the specs, if you look at the specs on paper, you know, the 5 was overpriced. 700, I mean, I don't need millimeter waves, so I'm paying an extra $100 for that, for sure. Yeah, yeah. And then on top of that, it's a small screen, and I was just like, the 45G would be my phone if it had wireless charging, basically. Mm. So I don't think the 5A will have wireless charging. I'm not, you know, I have no delusion that's unlikely. But if it comes out and it's a slight improvement of the 45G and costs, you know, maybe about the same or less, I think it's going to be a killer and a winner. Yeah, I I agree too. I think the, like I said, like the budget phones for Google more recently seem to be the ones that got the advantage because you get obviously pricing but you kind of have all like the needed features that you really need are truly there you know so i mean i won't lie i always carry a pixel phone with me in my bag like i carry my iphone 11 for video Mm -hmm. because if you look on my instagram most of my photos are taken with a pixel even though I have a OnePlus yeah. 8 Pro in my pocket, it's ridiculous. No, Pixel Pixel Portrait, nothing has matched it. Like, it's always oh been so God. solid from the beginning. So I, for sure, I'm with you there. <laughs> selfies on the Pixel are just, <laughs> every time I take a selfie with a Pixel, I'm just like, wow. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so uh, let's see what happens. Speaking of phones numbered five, this is just an announcement. Essentially, we covered this phone when it was, uh, I think, leaked significantly a few months ago or weeks ago. Asus's ROG Phone 5, the the crazy gaming phone, Mm -hmm. is out. It's official now. The top skew of it has 18 gigs of RAM. That's more than all the computers in my house. Damn. (laughs) That is insane. I think, like, the... I don't know. I'm still, I was also catching up with those videos and I kind of want that phone just for that little display on the back. (laughs) Oh yes, I know. Like that ROG laptop, the Zephyrus 14 with the LEDs in the back. It was last year at CS. It was so cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's like flashy, but like in a little, like slightly like more, like a little classier and I don't know. I think it's cool. Again, super overkill, crazy phone that I I would never need, but it's cool. It's a gaming phone. It's going to be overkill. Like In the show notes, I'm linking to the story on hot hardware. You know, I do most of my phone reviews for hot hardware, and they're very into benchmarks, into numbers. And, you know, they come from gaming. They come from building your own PC. That's kind of their background. So obviously, they're going to have a lot of benchmarks and numbers. And, uh, you know... It's exciting because Dave, uh, the editor-in-chief, uh, got the ROG Phone 5 and did some benchmarks. And holy crap, Pola, that thing is is solid and fast. But most importantly, and this is the big deal, is that it doesn't throttle. Mm. So if you look at the S21, particularly the base model, when we reviewed it on hardware, hardware it wasn't me who reviewed it. But when they, when they reviewed it, they found that it was throttled very quickly. Uh, if you like, you did some very serious gaming on it and that seems to not be the case here at all obviously since a gaming phone but even without the fan accessory it doesn't throttle much so that's the good news so if you're like a gamer and you want the best gaming phone i think right now you can't go wrong i've never been like a big phone gamer myself but i i know that there's definitely a market for it and (laughs) a huge community for it so i mean that's got to be the phone that you would get for sure. I, I used to laugh at gaming phones, but no one, not anymore. I feel like it's gotten enough of a thing now that 
Yeah. You know, you used to be able to take a flagship and get similar performance, but I really do believe now that you can optimize the performance for gaming. And also, you know, things like shoulder buttons and stuff, that all makes perfect sense to me. And if companies, obviously, if they're making these phones still, clearly there's a demand. And, you know, my gamer friends are awesome and I want them to be happy. So I'm glad these phones exist for them. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Did you see those crazy concept one true wireless earbuds that nothing teased? Yes. What What is up with those? <laughs> are you excited about this at all or are you just kind of rolling your yeah, eyes? Yeah, I mean, that picture is exciting. That picture is exciting. I know like you, everybody's saying you don't really know what to expect yet. And I guess there's a statement that they themselves said that this is not how it's going to look. But I kind of would like earbuds that look like that. <laughs> I think it's cool. I mean... Teenage Engineering is their design partner and the actually the founders of the, that Swedish engineering and design firm have actually joined Nothing. So this it has that Teenage Engineering vibe to me. Like mm -hmm. that's what I love about it. But yeah. I'm kind of bummed that they say it's not going to look like that. So it's like they're teasing us with something cool and then they're saying, but it'll be different. But it might be just as cool, but it's just like, why did you kind of, it felt like they shot themselves in the I foot. I know, it'd, it'd be a bummer if like, if the concept is cooler than the actual, <laughs> actual product, but yeah. We'll find out. Yeah. Yeah, take a look, folks. I'll have a link there to a Verge story that, well, it's really the tweet you care about and the tweet is embedded in the Verge story. <laughs> and then, you know, the wrapping things up real quick, I wanted to mention this last week, but we ran out of time and it was happening right around the time of the podcast recording. Qualcomm announced a new initiative called Snapdragon Sound, where they're trying to kind of brand a series of features to uh, guarantee a better sound experience for wireless Bluetooth and noise canceling earbuds and headphones. You know, in the same way as if like, you know, the Qualcomm, the gaming stuff that they have, they've branded. I think that this is actually a pretty important thing because, you know, right now when you buy a pair of headphones, you have to look on the box to figure out what codex it supports. Does it have aptX HD? Does it have LDAC? Does it have this and that? And, you know, with Snapdragon Sound, if you see the Snapdragon Sound logo on that box, you pretty much, it's like THX, you know, for movie sound like it gives you a mm -hmm. certain level of confidence that you're going to meet some requirements that are pretty decent in terms of sound quality so that's a new initiative they launched and i'm excited about it and i just thought you know finally somebody kind of did that <laughs> yeah no it's important it's something that's not touched upon enough and i mean like we it's like one of those things that like you use pretty much every day and you need you i don't know it needs it needs an update so i agree it's exciting yeah, so the part of the, the, the thing is that they want to, you know, support lower latency as I say, like a minimum standard they require there. They require 24-bit, 96 kilohertz audio so that, you know, you have that. And then, mm -hmm. of course, they, they're pushing hard for their Aptex um, codex, which they are own high-quality, low latency, and, you know, some of them, like, Aptex HD is uncompressed. So yeah. it's it's actually compressed but lossless, okay. which is nice. So I think they're you know kind of packaging it all in this Snapdragon sound, which I think is cool. Yeah, no. So yeah, that's the show. Wow, <laughs> look at us. There's a lot. Everybody has to really buckle up for this month because there's a oh lot going on. <laughs> yeah, and I'm not getting everything. Like I did not get the ROG phone yet. I'm sure there are some other phones I'm not going to get. Samsung is being a little more reserved about what they're sending out. And I think yeah. that's because 
they have a limited stock. So probably whatever they announce on March 17th is probably going to take me a month or two to get unless I go out and buy it. So be aware of that. But I'll, I'll, I'll keep you on the loop, folks. I'll let you know what, what I feel and think. And I, I know enough other journalists that I'll get it that I'll be able to play with these devices and let you know what I think. But yeah, I'm excited. I'm, I'm mostly excited about, you know, what OnePlus is going to bring yeah. like on the 23rd. Like I think that last year, you know, they had a lot of ebbs and flows in their you know product line and they were trying to do new things and some of them stuck like the nord some of them i felt were a little disappointing like the nord n10 5g and you know even the 8t i felt like it was a solid phone but it didn't push hard enough like to really be competitive in terms of specs mm. and i have a feeling that you know this is going to be fixed this 9 series that's the gut feeling i have after all the leaks that i'm seeing and maybe i'm just i'm just like Eating up the hype, I don't know. What do you no, think? No, I mean, I think it's good to be hyped. I personally, I think it's just for hearing everything that might be going on with it. Um, I think it's time for me to bring back a camera comparison and dive into that camera because I, yeah, I, I'm with you on that hype. <laughs> Gotta eat it yeah. up. No. I mean, it's not because of Hasselblad. It's like just purely on the fact that I think OnePlus is a good company that listens to their customers. Mm -hmm. And we told them, wireless charging and they gave it to us but it was only on the pro and i have a feeling i don't know for sure but my gut is we're going to see it on the main phone too and that's going to be a game changer yeah. and we're also going to stop seeing so many of those what i call sticker cams like I, I i'm okay if there's one there floating around just so you can have the lens count but like give us a telephoto give us the real thing like that's what we need and yes. i'm feeling that with hasselblad we have a better chance of that happening definitely you know? definitely yeah so I'm stoked about that. And so obviously next week we're going to talk about that. So stay tuned. And hey, Crystal, do you want to tell folks where they can find you on the internet, like your social media handles and also yes. your channel and all that? Yes. To keep things simple, Crystal Laura, my name, you should be able to find it that way. Um, Twitter is a little more complicated. Laura underscore Crystal, but Crystal Laura and everything else. And you should definitely subscribe to Crystal's YouTube channel and follow her everywhere. The, I love your Instagrams. They're so good. Oh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. And of course, you know where to find me, folks. I'm at Tankgirl. That's T-N-K-G-R-L on Twitter and Instagram. Very easy. It's like Tankgirl, the comic book, but drop the vowels. That's how you remember. If you want to discuss the podcast, do it on Twitter. If you want to look at pretty pictures of phones I'm reviewing or of photos I've taken with phones I'm reviewing, that's where to go. Instagram. And then there's a couple of YouTube channels you should subscribe to. There is my main channel, which is youtube.com slash mobile tech podcast. Basically, it's complement to this show. If you want to hear the opinions and the discussion, it happens here in audio. But if you want to see the glorious, shiny glass of the Oppo Find X3 Pro, you go to YouTube and look at the unboxing. So I go through the specs and show you the phones and it kind of gives you that, that hands-on feel. YouTube.com slash mobile tech podcast. And if you want, there's a second channel. We're just starting my producer and I, youtube.com slash mobile tech more. And this is all the other stuff. Like we get pitched all these smart home things and accessories and gadgets and cool things. You know, we have a Volkswagen camper van, so we like to go on road trips and all that stuff we use for on the go is going to be covered in there. We're just starting. So check it out. Please subscribe. It would help us get monetized. So yeah, check that out. And finally, if you came here today and are listening or you followed Crystal here, please subscribe to the podcast. It's uh, mobiletechpodcast.com. We're on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Spotify, everywhere good podcasts can be found. If your app lets you rate or review the show, 
please consider doing that. It helps for discovery for other folks that are maybe looking for something to listen to. And there is a donate link in the show notes. If you want to donate and help the podcast, please do it. It's PayPal. It helps. And finally, I want to thank Audible, our sponsor. They've been with us since the beginning, pretty much. They're awesome. And they have the best audiobook platform. If you love books as much as I do, do yourself a favor and join Audible. We've got a great deal for you. 30-day free trial. You get a free book at the end pretty easy it's audibletrial.com slash mobile tech that's the url audibletrial.com slash mobile tech if you don't know what audible is it's basically where you'll find audiobooks all the best audiobooks so many of them i love it because a lot of the books are read by the authors and i love that the books are kind of epic sometimes it's like 10 hours 12 hours of audiobook and so I like to break them down like two hours at a time here. It feels like a real book. You put it aside for a while, you get back to it. But maybe, you know, you're a delivery driver and you can't keep your eyes off the road. And this is a great way to ingest a book without like having to read it. Or if, you know, when we travel again on a plane or something and you want to shut your eyes while you listen instead of like reading in that dark airplane at night, it's nice to have audiobooks. So consider joining if you're not already a member audibletrial.com slash mobile tech. I want to thank Audible for being a longtime sponsor. And I want to thank you, Crystal, for being my guest today. Thank you. I hope I lived up. I feel like I'm a little quiet one sometimes. (laughs) But no, thank you for having me. I I loved being on. Such an honor. (laughs) Thanks for joining. You were awesome. It's great. We'll definitely have you on again. And folks, I'll have another show next week. So stay tuned for that. Until then, cheers, everybody. This has been the Mobile Tech Podcast with Tank Girl, proudly presented by worldpodcasts.com. You can visit us online at mobiletechpodcast.com.